everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Woodpad Reads. I'm Roxanne, here to bring you your daily dose of amazing books to get you through the week. And before we jump into it, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for having so much patience with me. Um, I know the updates were a little uh, erratic and just a little bit spaced, um, spaced in between, or spaced far out, I should say. But that's just because I was trying to um, get get a couple courses done, and they were definitely hard. They were definitely a lot. So I had to get them done before the deadline, before the date. Um, And then I just graduated college last week, so um, I am just so excited to be done with that. It was a lot. It was... It was a lot, guys. (laughs) So I'm just so thankful that I am finally done with that. And I want to actually update more frequently. Normally, I used to update twice a month. So I think that is a good or reasonable um, schedule. Um, If you guys have or if you want it differently, you can definitely message me on any of my platforms and let me know. Um, But yeah, I think twice a week is a good start and since this is a new month the first day of the new month sorry not the first day the second day um I think it all works out because then another episode will be out um in the next two weeks so that's where you guys don't have to wait as long so once again thank you guys so so much for listening and supporting we've officially reached 2,000 listeners and I just am amazed because I never thought me just making this podcast would ever um, impact so many people and I am just so grateful for you guys for listening, for sharing, for tuning in every week. You guys are literally why this podcast is what it is today. Thank you so, so much. Keep sharing, keep supporting because this is not, it's not for me. It's for the hidden gems that are on Woodpad. And trust me, there are so many. We know the books with 2 million reads are good. Yeah, we know. But there are books out there with 100 reads, with 1,000 reads. But nobody would ever know how amazing they are until they get found. So this is, this is the point of this podcast. We want to find those hidden gems. We want to get um, your work out there to people and if you're a listener and you've ever checked out any of the books mentioned on this podcast and you're reading them currently comment on their work and say hey I'm here from Warpad Reads podcast and I just love your work let them know that this or the podcast is helping them they are getting publicity from it because it helps them and helps me to know that okay people are tuning in people are reading and following along with the book So it's a win-win situation for everyone. Once again, thank you guys so, so much for tuning in, listening. Every time there's an update, every time there's a new episode, you guys are amazing. And today we're going to be reviewing the book called Hail Mary by Born to Write 47. And guys, she is so sweet. She is amazing. Such a cool person. If you have not as yet, please follow her on Wattpad. And any of her social medias, I'm pretty sure she has them in her um, Wattpad account bio. So go ahead and follow her. 
And the book has 1.63 thousand reads, 210 votes, and 17 parts. It is an ongoing book. It's not completed yet. So let me go ahead and read the summary. 17-year-old Marion Combs moves to escape her demons. The voices in the hallway. Awful nicknames. Marshmallow Girl, Fat Freak, and many cliche names her ex-fellow classmates told her. With new beginnings at Victoria High School, Marion hopes to be invisible and survive the next two years undetected. She forgets to take into account starting school two weeks late, there may be some miscommunications. Before she knows it, she agrees to try out for the football team and realizes everyone thinks she's a boy. She starts to walk out, but with their compliments, encouragements, she stays, she joins the team, but now she has to live with the lie. She's a girl. What will Marion do? Will she continue to lie as more of them pile up? Plus, an attractive quarterback? Let the helmets fly off. And I'm just going to read some of the tags here. American football, body positivity, coming of age, family, friendship, gender bender, high school, humor, no more bullying, romance, self-esteem, sports, and... I think it's a young, addic- young adult slash teen fiction um, genre. So without further ado, let's jump right into the first chapter. My dad called me a night. He told me stories about our adventures similar to King Arthur and the Round Table. Instead, we had a glittery pink and cream plastic table. His knees touched the top. Mine glided underneath it. He went into details on the stallions we rode, the side quest that we ran into as we galloped on the fresh cut lawn. Mom yelled to get our attention. She needed help with the cooking and always needed two cooks to create a meal. However, his voice transfixed me to another realm. His speech amplified, ranging in volume and tone, crisp constants to whispers. He rose his arms up to the sky, buzz cut auburn hair. He would even share tales parallel to Canterbury tales. I wished I could understand the underlying meaning behind the story's sentences, analytical tones and interpretations, and symbolic meaning. Of course, he didn't tell me this when I was five years old. He told me last year before he left. Before he had to return to wrapping bandages around wounds, tracking the IVs, and file documents on generals, cadets, and lieutenants. The life he chose... I wonder if he'd be proud. After all, today I became a Victoria High School knight. Quite poetic. He would have laughed. I imagine his goofy smile, the one where his thin lips pulled on his face, revealing his left dimple. Marion, a quick alto voice said. I glanced over at my mom. Her oily bangs glued to her forehead. The rest of her dirty blonde hair was knotted on the back of her neck. Hazel eyes with emerald speckles flickered into mine. I tried to ignore the dark indigo shadow underneath her eyes. Her alarm went off five times. I turned them off for her. I sighed. The worn, sorry, the worn down amber cotton front seats tickled my thighs. The seat bell across my chest, the top of my head grazed the car's roof. The 90s Honda frame was too small for me. My arms close to my stomach. My mom pulled the car up near the front entrance, her arm wrapped around my headdress. 
She smoothed my dark brown hair, starting at the roots, and then weaved her way down to my shoulders. I couldn't look at her. It'll be different, she said in a sing-songy way. It was a promise. I wished I could believe her. Her hands slipped from the headrest, bringing them closer to her figure. I'm sorry for what happened. Why was she sorry? It wasn't her fault. My damn emotions. I needed to get away from those voices, the ones who whispered in the hallways, gym locker room, and classrooms. Hey, marshmallow girl, fat freak. I knew the truth. It wasn't because of those voices, no. Mom was protecting them, them from me. It wasn't your fault, I declared, sharing my thoughts. My fingers clicked the door opener. The muggy end of the summer weather blew in my eyes. I blinked. Couldn't fall be here by now? Marion, Marion, my mom continued after I closed the passenger's door. She rolled down the window. The automatic system moved slow and squeaked as the glass disappeared. Marion Hope. Crap. First and middle name. I froze on the spot. It wasn't your fault, she replied. Her voice was full and loud. Students were walking up the sidewalk, bypassing this exchange. I grinned. Her hands up to her mouth. Those hazel eyes stared at me. No one else. I still couldn't believe her words, though. It was my fault, and this was my consequence. I waved to her, and she waved back. Her arm couldn't reach out of the window. The car behind her held down their horn. Annoying, pierced noise. Worse than tires screeching on wet concrete. Hey! I heard my mom yell. She glared into the rearview mirror. I grinned as I walked up to the front entrance. A boy held open the door for me. My pace quickened so that he didn't have to wait any longer. Thanks, I lied. My hands grabbed the metal bar to keep the door open. Why would he do that? I was in perfect condition. I, I'm sure he meant well. It was too much pressure for early in the morning. He nodded his head. No eye contact. Bright orange headphones covered his ears as it kept his dark brunette curls clumped together. An upbeat, deep tone played. It was distant, but he was definitely listening to either alternative or rock. I can hear the lyrics. On the right, another set of doors led into an open hexagon room with a desk area. Two people sat down. From where I was standing, I couldn't decipher if they had computers. Probably did. The maroon counters covered it up. I didn't follow the boy from before. I headed into the desk area. A phone rang in a high pitch. The, the rhythm was in a swing, went fast, and then held on to the last note. Citrus orange tickled my nose. The lady closest to where I came in peeled the fruit. Welcome. Her voice was chirper. How can we help you, dear? I'm a new student. My mom told me I would be able to pick up my schedule here, I said. Mom told me Victoria High School transferred over my transcripts, grades, and the CCT scores the one I tried for the first time. I knew she must have informed and pleaded for them to accept me. After all, Queens Grove High School never wanted me. Oh yes, the woman exclaimed. She pointed to the clipboard on the counter. Please fill out your name. We'll get Miss Acker. I walked over to the clipboard. The first two lines were completed. On the right, a circular container held two black and blue ballpoint pens. The caps were mismatched and one was wounded with five or six rubber bands. 
I chose the one with the rubber bands holding it together and wrote my name. Miss Acker, there you are, the woman said. A woman with mismatched knee-high socks, bright pink and sky blue like cotton candy. Her hair pulled back into a messy bun. Wisps fell around her ears and one escaped on the back of her neck. Polka-dotted blouse seemed out of place with socks and yet her raven black leggings glued the outfit. Her eyes stared at the receptionist as she, Miss Acker, I assumed, bit down into a cream cheese bagel. Hmm? She said. Marion, the woman stood up to read my name off the clipboard. Combs is a new student. Miss Acker nodded. Yes, come with me. Crumbs were attached to the corners of her lips. She turned around, going through the hexagon area into the corridor. I followed. You're a junior, correct? She asked. I guess because she was trying to make friendly conversation. I nodded. Ah, yes. She continued as she led me to her small office space. My front room in my house was larger than this, seven by seven limited area. Piles of papers accumulated on the desk corners. Two bookshelves stuffed to the brim, books squeezed. Some of the paper book covers bent and desired more room. And there, in the corner, a cardboard cutout of a man stood. Hands were placed on his hips. His fingers were covered in navy blue gloves. Red, white, and blue complemented his outfit, along with his shield. Stars, stripes, and bold white lines. Steve Rogers was in the room. His printed smile taunted me. Actually, more like distracted me. Marion? Miss Acker spoke. I missed something. I turned my head fast to her eyes, ignoring the fan mem memorabilia. Yes, I replied. Here's your schedule, she handed a piece of paper. Wow, that was fast. I can show you your homeroom and help with the layout of our school. Victoria's High School began in 1850s. It's one of the oldest institutions in Ohio and still be running. I can find my way. There's a map somewhere, I asked. I didn't want to hear the whole background of this place. I only had two more years, then I would be done. Indeed, although it's my duty to show you out around the building. Her phone rang. I stared. She paused. Let me take this phone call first. Miss Acker picked up the phone. She turned her back to create privacy. And that was my time to leave. Homeroom was uneventful. I found an empty seat which was of course in the front. I stated my name and off went the first bell. Just in one sentence then, I managed to survive the first day. My brain had difficulty keeping up with the high school's layout. Every corner seemed to be the same as if someone photocopied the area, taped the photo on the corners and said, presto. The hallways were plain, generic and stiff. Powder white paint painted walls with no blemishes. Lunchtime, I sat by myself. I was okay with that. Now it was the end of the day. Freedom to change into pajamas, take the bra off. Marion Combs? Marion Combs! Oh, dear. I stopped. My hand hovered over the front entrance door. Mom was waiting outside in Lottie, her car. Thank goodness I found you, Miss Acker gasped. She fast walked over to me. I mean, she knew where I was. She had my schedule. Why would she wait until the end of the day, when I had free time? Oh, that was why. Yes, I said, trying to hold a hiss behind my lips. 
I'm guessing you found your predestinated class as well, she declared when she straightened up her blouse. I nodded. Yes, indeed. She had another piece of paper in her hand. Well, I was going over your schedule one more time. I know you've missed the first two weeks of school, and with the quick transfer, mistakes can happen. Where was she going with this? I noticed you haven't completed your gym credits. I blinked. Okay. I updated your schedule. I tried a message with Mr. Whaley that you'll be attending his 9 a.m. class. He hasn't responded. Perhaps you could show him the new schedule. Explain my mess up, and then you'll start class tomorrow. She reached out to hand another piece of paper. One of my electives was deleted from the organization. Each line flipped back and forth between gray and white color. I stayed quiet. Dad would have asked the questions. He would have, he would have asked for the reason and purpose. I didn't. Sure, I replied. Exactly, Miss Hacker smiled. His room is down the corridor to the left, near the gymnasium. The one right next to the lunch area. Thanks. My legs followed the narrow hallway towards the gym locker, cream with scarlet tiles and silver stripe etched alongside. I didn't have to do this. I could go home. I could be with mom. And then I would have to face seeing Mr. Willie tomorrow and I would have to try to explain the whole situation that I had no part of. And yet was my responsibility. It was better to take the metaphorical band-aid off. I came across two tan doors. On the right, there was a sign with an upside-down triangle with a circle on top. On the opposite side, a similar sign. However, instead of a triangle, it was more like a stretched-out square with a circle top. The men's locker room. My hands hovered over the metal door. Metal handle. Why did the coach's office have to be in here? Per my counselor's instructions, this was the quickest way to get his office. Get his office. I closed my eyes. I prayed to God there were no boys in here. I didn't want to see any bare-chested boys. Nope, I was good. One small step for women, one giant leap for womankind. The door creaked as I pushed with my pinky. I didn't see anything. Instead, I smelled dirt and body odor. I pinched my nose. I breathed through my mouth, which I could even taste the odor. Gosh, this was worse than dad's adventures when a soldier complained of his feet in pain and there were insects eating his flesh. I used my gray hoodie sleeve to protect from the nasty, crappy, and mysterious aromas that only teenage boys would produce. Ugh, save us all. Matching scarlet lockers lined up the back wall. Concrete steps jetted out to create seats. There were horizontal and vertical lines that made holes in the lockers, airflow to whatever may have lived in there. I increased my pace. I needed a door. Mr. Whaley's door. Going around the corner, I spotted it. Cartoon football stickers decorated all around the doorframe edges. They had a gloss shine. From one angle, the shape reminded me of a ship, if one was to glass, glance up from underneath it. Silver painted edges. The door mimicked the scarlet. A tiny window was located near the top. On the right side, a massive window wall let the outside world to observe. Fingertips coated the material. I saw a boy standing, his back toward me. An older man sat in a twisty chair while another guy leaned his back up against a second desk. Their voices were hard to ignore. I have seniority. He's a junior. I don't make assumptions, Rhodes. We are two weeks away from our first game, and now you want to complain? 
Whoever showed up at tryouts, scored the most, and depicted leadership will be in the first string. The guy who leaned against the desk added, Right now, you might want to think before you make another comment. His, arm crossed, his arms crossed his chest, biceps prominent. The boy got quiet. He reached up to scratch something on his nose. On his face. Maybe his nose? Eyebrow? His fingers ran through his curls and then down the back of his neck. He tried to leave, but he ran into me. His bump did nothing. The top of his head came to my chin. I could, I would estimate an inch shorter than me, and he wasn't a little dude. His forest green eyes stared. His chest stuck into mine. Wait, I knew him. Headphone guy? Careful, I said. He glanced down at my feet. Yeah, I was wearing a small heel. I bet I'd still be taller than him. The two men were quiet as our interaction happened. I gripped onto my backpack strap, my schedule clutched in my left hand. His curls went inward towards his olive-toned skin. Freckles scattered on the nose's bridge and up on his forehead. His lips parted. I stepped aside. My hip grazed the threshold between the office and outside. I leaned away from Rhodes. Thanks. His voice was soft, a rough undertone on the last letter. I nodded. The boy left. The door stayed open. The 30-year-old man with hair receding had a pencil in his right hand. Left hand rubbed his forehead. A silver plate etched in black font. Head coach, Mr. Whaley. The other guy, he looked smaller. Shoulder width small. He had a pull-back posture. His polo scarlet shirt has all his buttons up. Who are you? Mr. Whaley questioned. Original. Marion Combs. I've transferred from Queens Grove. Miss Acker said I needed gym credits in order to graduate. I've been added to your morning class. That's all I needed to say. The fact she was concerned for my graduation, it was beyond my comprehension. I had plenty of time to accomplish these silly credits. Mr. Whaley leaned back in his twisty chair, elbow placed on the desk. His arm, hair, dark brown compared to his pale skin. What position do you play? His pencil jotted a note down in his spiral notebook. I frowned. What was he talking about? None. Good. Now I could go. I began to turn. Wait, wait, Combs. Mr. Whaley raised his hands. He stood up. He placed the palm of his hands flat on the table. You mean to tell me you don't play ball? What was wrong with him? I answered with silence. Dad would be laughing. The one where he grabbed his stomach his whole face leaning forward and sharing his deep chuckle. I mean, look at you. I knew I was tall, big, and curvy. I never experienced an adult bluntly stating my physique, other than my doctor, which my mom shut him down when he began to talk about my diet, instead of helping me with my stomach virus at the time. We went to a different doctor after that. If you don't mind me asking, what's your weight? 280, 290? I scolded. He put his hands up. I apologize. It's just your build is perfect. Yes, I knew my weight. What? Wait, what? What did he say? Exactly what we need. Right, Flot? The shorter man grinned. Yes, especially since two-thirds of our offensive linemen graduated last year. Stewart is the only run-up for center. Offensive lineman? Center? Mr. Wadey clapped. What about this? You stay until 3.30, 15 more minutes, attend practice. If you make the cut, then you're exempt from gym class. 
sign me up. It's an adventure, I imagine my dad saying. Sure. All right, well, that was chapter one, and let's get into the review portion of the book. Um, I love that the book begins with a quote. It just adds a bit of suspense for me. Um, and I've read books where a lot of authors have done that, and I actually love it. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it that makes it all the more um, special or the more intriguing, but I definitely appreciate when an author adds something, a little something extra to her work. Um, I would say that with the first chapter, you wouldn't want to put so much into it because then you start to lose um, a reader. Um, It wasn't that it was too much going into the first chapter. I guess it was just the first chapter was a little bit too long. Um, It could have been short, and then all the other chapters could have been a little lengthy. Um, But that's just me and my preference. So I also think that there was um, too much detail into every single person. And if they are not going to be a recurring character or one of the, like, main characters, then that um, in-depth detail isn't necessary. And even with, if it was like a main character, you know, little detail is awesome too, and then the reader can imagine the rest in their mind. So I just like, um, when I'm giving just a little detail, you know, hair color, eye color, um, you know, face structure, whatever. And then the rest is up to me, you know? Um, but that's just me and my preference. Uh, I love the imagery used in the story. It really pulls me into the scene that the author is creating. She really did, um, describe the buildings and the people. Um, and I love that she did that and really describe the scene for me. I love it when you are doing that for, like, scenery. So that was a real good plus for me. Um, um, I don't know why I'm saying I'm a lot. But a few sentences could use a comma instead of a period. Um, I found that the author used uh, periods a lot after, like, a short sentence. And that is fine. But when you do it a lot and a lot, it gets just a little tricky to read, you know? So commas could definitely be inserted instead of uh, periods. Um, The research is appreciated. I love authors who truly study the topic they're writing on. It makes the literature more relatable. And with so it's like a football-based book. Or not football-based, but... The author, not the author, the character, the main character is getting into football. And when I read more of the chapter, more of the chapters and the rest of the book, I can definitely see that the author put in time to study that. I don't know if she was a football fan to begin with, but I can definitely see where she put in time and described all the plays and the field and the runs and just the... Um, what's what's it called? The positions. And I just loved that the author put in that much work. 
And that's amazing. You know, when someone actually knows what they're talking about and they just don't come up here and just start talking out of their head. I just love that. So kudos to you, author. Um, I wish she was described more in depth right away. But her image was coming together the more I read. Um, I think all I knew at the beginning was that she was just fat, you know? But I just wish there was more imagery to her. I feel like there was more in-depth details about everybody else but Marion. But when I read more, I got more of her face and her body structure and just her style. I got more of it when I read um, the rest of the chapters. But I just wish it was more in the beginning. But it's fine too. It doesn't matter if you gotta read a couple more chapters after to get that. That's totally fine too. Um, I love the kind of person Shay is or Shaya. Um, she's a true or he's a true friend, caring and truly concerned about someone. Pretty sure it's Shay. It's spelled S-H-E-A. Shay. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But that character is already in my heart. I love that person. He's such a truly um, he's such a true, caring friend. He actually cares about Marion, um, despite the fact that he thinks she's a boy. So the whole trope of the story is that even the coach, if you read or if you were listening to the beginning of, not the beginning, but at the ending when I was reading it, they think that she's a guy. They're commenting on her weight, their, her build. All of that because that's what they do when they see players who are well fit to join the team. Um, And they're just commenting on her. And it's just actually hilarious the more that I read. And I commented on the book a couple of times. And I'm like, are they serious? They Nothing stood out about her that said woman. Nothing at all. Not her breath. Nothing. Listen, you guys just have to read it because for me, it was funny. It was so funny. And then I love to see um, the relationship, quote unquote, or the friendship building between not only her and Shay, but her and Rhodes. Um, He's a little apprehensive. But as you read on, you could see where things are just starting to transition. Um, And I just want to see when he finally finds out that she is a girl. So that is going to be interesting. I just want to see when everybody finds out she's a girl. I think Shay is going to be hurt just because he was there for her and he was such a good friend to her. So I really, really, really want to see um, when that happens. And I implore you to read it, check this out so we can discuss it together. Literally PM me, um, comment here. You can leave a voice message here and I would love to discuss this book. Because I don't know if it was meant to be a comedy, but for me, it is funny in some parts. And I love when a book can make me feel all sorts of emotions. And if you want to feel that as well, go ahead and check this book out by Born to Write 47. It's called Hail Mary and you will not regret it.